great. Um, hi, welcome back. Today we're here to talk to you, Cleo, which is very exciting because Cleo is one of my greatest friends from school. And I'm very excited because Austin is also one of my greatest friends from school. So this is like a fun time for me. Um, but I'm really excited that you're here because Cleo is like a huge reader. She's probably like the biggest reader I know. Um, I'm always looking at her Goodreads count to see how high she is to keep myself in track for the year. You've read more than me. This doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's only recently that that happened. And it was only because you were busy with work. So, sure. Like, we have for the last four years as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to keep ahead. I just like to make sure. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited because, Cleo, you're a huge reader. You're a big traveler. And you're a former bookseller, which, as far as I'm concerned, makes you, like, on the level of, like, Wonder Woman and Batman. So I'm very excited. Excellent. I will take it. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yay. All right. Well, we kind of separated some questions into like different categories, but I want to start with the most obvious thing because that's why you're here on a book podcast, obviously. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> I was not prepared for this. <laughs> that would be a good surprise for you because you're always really good at talking about it. But um, okay. So going into it, like you're a reader, like what do you love to read the most? Um, I really love fantasy. Um, mostly I'm reading YA fantasy because the YA genre or like marketing ploy, however you want to like separate it. Um, those are the stories I want to read. I'm trying to read more like adult fantasy, especially now that more diverse stories are coming out. Um, but I'm also just like trying to read a little bit more of everything. I love that. Yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, okay. Where's the distinction between young adult and adult fantasy for you? Um, I don't really know, and that's something I could rant about for hours. Sophia has heard me rant about it for hours. Um, I will die on the hill that is just because a protagonist is in their teens. It doesn't make it uh, YA. Um, so I guess like if it's marketed as, a, as an adult book or as a YA book, like that's how I determine it um so like I read The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo and I've read her um young adult stuff and there's like a very clear difference between her young adult series and The Ninth House which, which is the start of her adult fantasy paranormal cult story there was a lot <laughs> happening in that book um <laughs> but the themes that uh, The Ninth House tackled were done um in more detail mm. than her uh, YA stuff, so that's also something I consider. Have you found a lot that kind of blurred the lines between the two? Like, maybe you'll read one young adult one and be like, whoa, maybe that shouldn't be marketed towards just younger audiences. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a crossover, and I think that's becoming more popular these days, uh, especially like with the authors who started writing middle grade or young adult and have, their books have grown with the audience. Um, but like, I really love it when I can read a book and know that I would have enjoyed it when I was, I don't know, like 12 and I'll enjoy it when I'm 25 and I'll enjoy it when I'm 50. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I was thinking about this while you were talking. Um, Cause Austin said the same thing that I was going to ask, which is like, I think there's a big thing where YA really like took off, but almost in a way that yeah. like other books that would have been classified as like general fiction or just like a general, like other genre are now like shuffled under this umbrella because it's a lucrative market. It is, is, yeah. Right? 
which yeah. I guess you would know about because like you have that background but um, <laughs> I remember watching like I don't know if you guys watch the show on Netflix it has um Robin from How I Met Your Mother in it which is why I watched it originally right. but um so it's like one of the it's like a group of friends from college and one of the guys is like this oh, really yeah, the, yeah, he's like a really big author and he's like in like the literary fiction realm and then he can't come up with like a better book. So his friend who's in the publishing market is like, you need to go to YA. YA is everything now. Like that's all there is. Uh-huh. So he like meets with like this author who's like writing like these really like trashy romance <laughs> novels for teens. And he's like trying to figure out like what she's going for. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's so true that like I do feel like the lines are blurring in that like a lot of YA covers like really like intense topics that yes you live through in high school but when you're like in high school you're not really thinking about it that way if that makes sense I don't know yeah like reflective back or something but I don't know it's just interesting because I think I didn't really think about fantasy in that in those terms before like I was thinking more like just fiction I don't know that's neat yeah yeah I agree and like I think part of the intrigue about YA is that it won't get as dark as some adult books like the themes aren't um as explored as deeply and that doesn't mean that like they can't be in young mm-hmm. adult but like sometimes they're not and like I think people look for that um but then also like all of these authors are writing the stories that they wish they had yeah. when they were whatever age um and like especially with representation whether it's like authors of color or queer authors like those are the stories that need to be told right now and those are the ones that are getting more ground um fantasy like adult fantasy is getting better at that but right now like that market is still in YA yes that's cool um so I guess like my next question would be kind of related to that so when like when did it start like have you always been like a super avid reader or was there like a moment in your life where all of a sudden you were like get me everything that I can get my hands on (laughs) because I'm in your boxes so yeah uh, I think I've always been a super avid reader. Um, if you, like, listen to my family tell the story, then I I used to live in, like, this big house in the middle of the woods um, where we had to do firewood every year. And we had to do, like, 40 quarts of it. Um, so <laughs> apparently um, the day I, like, got into reading was one, of, one day when we were, like, stacking firewood and I sat down and started reading a book. Uh, <laughs> What a lesson. <laughs> right? I think that's just, like, the most Cleo story I've ever heard. Um, but, yeah, I was in the hospital a lot um, growing up. So, like, I I didn't have a lot of options for, like, what would keep me entertained. Um, so, like, in order to limit my screen time, my parents would just, like, feed me books. So great. Yeah. Um, so, like, all throughout high school, I read a lot. Uh, but, like, this insane reading that Sophia talks about <laughs> um, started in the last year of my undergrad. So, three years ago yeah three years ago um when I like (laughs) um I was doing honors English and had to read like three or four books a week uh, for these classes and then realized that I also wanted to read stuff I actually enjoyed so I just kind of started reading that's great yeah no I would have passed that undergrad (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Austin says that, but he was also reading, like, these thick history books for, like, recreation while he was, like, doing all his course reading. Who says textbooks can't be for fun? I mean, me most of the time, but 
I respect it. Um, it's so funny. We were just chatting about like how we wish we had taken, we had kept more of our like course textbooks because like, yeah, especially during quarantine, like we finally have the time to do like any readings that we might have missed during undergrad. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting. Yeah, I kept, like, my big Norton anthologies because they were expensive. Yeah. Um, but I, like, recently found the Norton anthology of literary theory. Ooh. Uh, and I, like, don't want to touch that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I to be non-judgmental when I heard it, but then I was like, that doesn't sound fun at all. No, no, I, like, had to do that course to graduate, and I was like, hmm. Ooh. Okay, that's, that's great. Well, I was going to ask you because, so... Mm. Cleo and I are both in library and information science. And one of the courses that I'm taking this term is like scholarly communications and open access, which is really interesting because Austin and I talked about this a bit in our coursework, but not too much. But I just did a reading on like the differences between like trade publishing. So like books that we can like pick up at the store and like scholarly publishing. Mm -hmm. And my mind totally had a moment of like explosion where like often like when I was getting like supplies from the syllabus, it would be like, okay, so here's like a book you're going to need to study. It's by Jane Austen. It's 20 bucks. And here's a book by like this other obscure Canadian author. Great. Another 20 bucks. And then here's the textbook and it's like 225. So just call me up later. And like, that was like a big like moment where I was like, oh, like there totally is a difference between like reading content in that I guess there's not as wide of an audience for things like your literary textbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting, I don't know. I just thought it was cool because I know like a bunch of like like previously loved bookstores in town will occasionally sell textbooks, but they're still more expensive even if they're used than like the other books. So I was like, I was wondering if like your bookstore ever sold anything like that or if it was just like. No, um, so we did. Um, so the bookstore I worked at had like a main location and then, um, a secondary location and I ended up working at the secondary location. Um, so that one was more like a browsable warehouse. Um, so like we did get textbooks because it was a used and new bookstore. So we had a book buying counter and people like would bring it, bring the books in, um, and get store credit. So it was awesome. Um, but most of the textbooks ended up coming to the secondary location partly because there wasn't space partly because if someone was looking for like a particular I don't know third year neurobiology textbook (laughs) then like someone knew (laughs) exactly what they were looking for and exactly what edition they needed and like exactly the book they wanted they weren't just going to go to the primary location which like wasn't fully cataloged they would like be able to find it online and come to the secondary location and find the book that they were looking for, um, or at least a close enough edition. Um, and those, those books were more expensive than the other used books in the store. Um, but I think like the most expensive textbook I found was like 30 bucks. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, Austin is making that face. Like, he also, <laughs> like, we bought, like, a used textbook for, like, $130, and we sold it back to the store for, like, $68. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's the authors that charge the high prices or it's the publishers. I think it must be the publishers. I think it's the publishers. I read somewhere sometime, and I don't know if I'm going to, like, get this information correct. Someone can correct me if I get it wrong. Um, 
but like they have to up the prices because of the smaller audience mm-hmm. um and like it's not gonna sell as well um to like anyone who's not looking for some niche topic mm-hmm. um but then they also have to like be they have to be able to provide the online resources so there have to be licenses yes yeah That's i was reading in my course too and i was thinking about that because we were in like we worked in a, re- a really like unique library in that the director was hoping to kind of amalgamate a lot of like the glam resources glam is like galleries um oh my gosh archives libraries and museums not right. in that obviously but i can spell don't worry um so our library, <laughs> our library actually um it housed like the university press because they couldn't afford to like have their own space anymore so we just gave them part of the floor on our library and it was pretty controversial at the time because we don't have like a lot of space for our students so it was a thing but um they're really lovely and they do really amazing work they publish a lot of like um you know like professors on campus like really academics across canada but they have a lot of indigenous content as well which is really cool right. yeah but it was really interesting to like hear them talk about like yeah these are big deals that are coming through but because it's like such a small publishing community like they have to do things a lot differently than like other people would right. okay. it was really interesting but it's a very big like jump i guess which is neat mm-hmm. but anyway going back to your whole bookstore thing which is very <laughs> exciting um tell us everything about it cleo because this is like a dream for like every <laughs> i feel like and you lived it i did um yeah so the bookstore i worked at was russell books in victoria bc um yeah, I was actually thinking about it the other day, and I was just, like, thinking about what a good year it was, um, which was great, because there were, like, obviously ups and downs during it, but the fact that it was, like, a good year meant that it was a good experience. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, I kind of fell into a management position at the secondary location, just, people got sick, and then I, it was, like, my second week. I had, like, (laughs) I hadn't been put there permanently yet, um, Oh no, it was, it was later. Maybe it was like my second month. I hadn't been there very long is the moral of the story. Um, <laughs> but then our head shipper got sick and the woman who like worked there regularly also got sick. So I was just there. I think they had decided that they liked me enough to keep me there. Um, but then these two people were gone who had been like working at the store for mm-hmm. several years. Um, and I was just there who like knew the most about the store, even though I, like, had only been there for two months. Um, so I just kind of fell into this management position, and then the shipping department moved. Uh, sorry, that's a, it's a whole it's a whole segue. Um, no, it was good. I, lots of fun stories came out of it. Not mm-hmm. all of them I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. It's like Fight yeah. Club. I've heard this. Yeah. Many bookstores. <laughs> I understand. Um, but I ended up being able to work with one of the public libraries, uh, and he, the man I was working with, Carl, he ended up collecting a bunch of the books that we didn't want and were going to, uh, pay to recycle, and he took them to the prison on the island, um, which was very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then another thing I got to do was pull 5,000 books for a movie set. Oh, I love the story. (laughs) 
Oh, you want me to tell a story? Okay, yeah. Um, so it was like the middle of February, I think, and we had a freak snowstorm. Um, like Ontario levels of snow in southern BC. People were not prepared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny to me. I yeah. Love the, I love the stories about climate. Like, that's my favorite thing, I think, yeah, about having friends in other provinces when they tell me things and it, like, blows my mind. I'm always like, what do you mean? Like, it just, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Well, it had been, like, three degrees, like, previously, and, like, sunny, and then the next day, it was just snowing, and I was, like... Great. Cool. <laughs> like, I was fine, because I grew up in northern BC, and, like, I was used to the snow and the cold, but, I had, yeah, it was a lot. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's the middle of February. Um, the owner of the store, because it it's also a family-run store, so... Um, the the owner came up to me and was like so we've been approached by like this movie company and they they need books to like build a set uh and we're gonna take them all from your store uh because our store is where like the less desirable ones went like the ones that were a little bit less pretty um because there were we got so many books <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um but he was like I need you to collect 5,000 books by I don't know like a week and a half later and I was like okay Uh, (laughs) they all had to be hardcovers um they had to be less than 9.99 for like the sake of the bookstore um and none of the hardcovers could be white that's odd yeah which I don't understand because they were gonna paint them anyway um maybe it was Oh, never mind. I don't know. I was going to say lighting, but I was like, if you're going to paint them. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I, I started doing it, and, uh, like, we managed to get it done. So I pulled 5,000 books off of the shelf in a week and a half, took them out of the system. I, like, obviously had help. I wasn't doing this by myself. Um, but, like, we managed to do it, and then the snowstorm hits, and we're, we've been, like, stacking them up the stairs because this bookstore is in a basement. So we've been stacking them up the stairs and I had the day off when the snowstorm hit. So I get a call from one of the people there and they're just like, um, so we've, we've moved the books. And I was like, okay, that that's fine. And they're like, no, we've moved the books off of the stairs because they're wet. And I was like, great. That's, that's <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? We'll deal with it tomorrow. It's fine. Um, so I like, come back and the stairs are still wet because it's still snowing um most of the books are like water damaged because they're sitting in the snow um and like the the movie set ended up taking them anyway but it was just a lot of books in a very short time i think it's really they would use actual books instead of just like chunks of styrofoam i guess maybe that's what they went with in the end but yeah i don't i don't really know why they decided to use books i actually haven't watched the show I, it's uh c with jason momoa uh it's an apple tv show uh, i was filmed in campbell river which is north vancouver island i keep meaning to watch it but i don't want to see that library full of books <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your hard work you have to fa- you have to get the final picture oh no yeah i i think that story is so cool i mean we like looked a lot at like film sets obviously for what we did but I I, right. I always wish that we like 
had more knowledge of like the prop design that was always really interesting to me yeah I feel like the best story I got about a prop wasn't from like a film prop it was from an archaeology prop that we both had and yeah you say it it better than I do it's so funny it's the it's the hat Glenn Cross right yeah yeah she's talking about the the difference between real archaeology and film archaeology and she brought oh I don't know what the name of it it's a little gold Mm -hmm. idol from yeah she was talking about (laughs) she was like um I'll never forget like Austin and I looked at each other with like glee in our eyes when she was (laughs) so funny she was like talking about all the archaeology profs are very strict about you know this is real archaeology this is like pop archaeology what people read in the news and like how we need to keep things interesting to get funding but also like it's not super real so hold on a second and she was like, I know it's super easy to get excited. Like, look at me. I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones. Everyone raised their hands who did. And I hadn't seen the movie at this point, so I couldn't raise my hand. But I understand yeah. feeling. You've seen the map, right? Yeah. That's... So- <laughs> You're not going to read fantasy for me. You have to watch Indiana Jones. Oh, I don't know how I feel about Harrison Ford. He... He... He feels like a disgruntled uncle to me. And I feel very nervous in his presence. That's why you never- have to like why you like exactly. him so much <laughs> I don't know I don't know so anyway um she was talking and she was like yeah I wanted to be an archaeologist because of the movie like everyone else my generation blah, blah. and she was like but like my brother-in-law works on movie sets and he stole me like the golden idol monkey prop and like she has it like at home in her office <laughs> and I was like oh that's so exciting that's amazing I know it's so interesting to see what they do well, I don't know with props like that it's very fun but yeah, I love the Jason Momoa story. I think it's like one of the first things that you told me when you mentioned that you worked in a bookstore and I was like, this is fascinating. And I'm very yeah. excited about it. I think I told it to you specifically because of your film degree. I was just like, what is with this? <laughs> yeah. I thought the one thing you picked up the whole story was Jason Momoa. <laughs> well, when I originally told it to Sophia, there was a whole lot more cursing his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loving me. Yeah. Loving me. <laughs> it was a lot of books yeah that's fair actually um what else was I gonna say so obviously um family owned yeah and that makes it like an indie bookstore yep and how do you feel about like being an indie bookseller in this market because I feel like on Instagram, even though I haven't been to these places, I follow like 85 independent bookstores and they're all just like magical, happy places. And I love them so much, but I definitely try to make more of an effort to like shop there. Well, I'm going to say it because everyone in this group chat knows that we're all like chapters indigo people. Okay. We all love it. It's like, it's everything to me and I'm not bashing it, but I do try to shop more at independent bookstores now that I realize like in the age of Amazon and everything, it's hard for them. And it's like really important that we have them because they do so many good things. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, so I love a good indie bookstore. Um, used yeah. bookstores are my favorite. Um, the cool thing about Russell's um, is that it's one of the large, one of the largest, if not the largest used bookstore in Canada. Wow. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was a really cool experience. I mean, even though I didn't work at the main location, um, I talked to a lot of people about 
like Amazon and Chapters, and there actually used to be a Chapters right downtown near the bookstore. Um, it ended up closing and moving to a different location, which was both better and worse for us. Hmm. Um, so like lots of people would come in looking for a particular book, and if we had it, that was great. Hmm. Um, but also like people were concerned about the condition, even though it was a used bookstore. Um, yeah. And like lots of people would grumble about prices, like they thought that it was too high. Um, and everyone always said when they came in that they didn't want to support Amazon. Um, but if they couldn't find the book they wanted, then, oh, well, I guess they may as well just go shop on Amazon. Like they didn't even consider using chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were one of uh, four or five indie bookstores downtown. Um, yeah. So like another one, Monroe's books, Mm -hmm. uh, is also doing super well right now. Um, and that's usually where we sent customers if they couldn't find what they wanted at our store um because Monroe's has been in Victoria for mm, a good long time um Alice Monroe used to own it um and Russell's has been in Victoria for over 50 years now they started in Quebec wait 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 wait. Alice Monroe Alice Monroe the author like the short fiction like yeah what yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) That's super impressive, and I did not know that. I thought yeah. I missed it. I was like, oh, yeah, Alex Monroe, sure. And then I was like, maybe there's some there's someone, like, big in BC. Maybe I didn't know that they're like, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. That's super exciting. Yeah. That's really neat. I like it when authors own bookstores. Sorry to interrupt you. I just got really excited. Oh, okay. Because you yeah. and I love Jenny Lawson, and she's opening her yeah. own, like, bookstore in Texas, which I yeah. really want to go to. Um, we'll go. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Post post everything that's going on. We'll all go. We'll do a, go. a big book tour of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I found out that um, Anne Patchett, mm-hmm. uh, who I haven't read any of her books, um, but she owns Parnassus Books. In Are you kidding? No. Uh, she did an interview with Reese Witherspoon. She's the only reason I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they followed. Um, I was like the editor of like my high school like magazine, and I was in charge of like like kind of ramping up our social media presence at one point and I was following a bunch of like independent like authors and booksellers and Parnassus Books followed us back I didn't know that that's yeah oh sorry continue I'm learning so much I don't remember what I was talking about we were talking about Ann Patchett and oh yeah no it was just that they um she owns Parnassus Books that's all I was saying yeah yeah I love that yeah wow that was just a flurry of names I didn't recognize. <laughs> <laughs> you would know you would know Alice Monroe if you saw her name. She was like, people always make jokes about, well, I don't know. I guess it's just um, 22 Minutes that makes a joke where it's like Mark Critch is talking about how like Alice Monroe wins a lot of like Canadian awards, like the yeah. CB short story, short fiction. Like she's like a big deal. She's kind of like... um. Remember when we would read, like, like Joyce Carol Oates, how, like, she has, like, big, like, um, anthologies of, like, short stories? Like, that, that vibe. And then Mark Critch was, like, talking about how um, Margaret Atwood, like, he was just making a joke, and he was, like, Atwood be, would be, like, roasting her for, like, winning all these things for, like, these short, like, sentences while her books are, like, super long. Um, yeah, it's super funny. I like that. I, I feel like I need to get better at, like, learning more Canadian authors, though, because I'm definitely, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. I'm fine, but although once I was reading this book, and it was really funny because um, it was like 
totally like a normal book, a fun little romp. It was like a, a murder mystery. It was called 10 Dead Comedians. I forget who it's written by now. It's been a while. But I'm like reading through, reading through, reading through. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know, 250 pages in, randomly, he's like, the comedian hadn't felt this way. He'd come a long way from Kitchener, Ontario. And I was like, <laughs> nobody mentions this unless they have to. Who is who is this person? Because yeah. I, I grew up in Kitchener. So I was like, is he Canadian? Nothing in the backstory said it. Nothing online said if he was. I searched. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I know. It's always so weird when I can, like, place all of, the, like, the locations in a book. Uh, yeah. I was reading... Medicine Walk by Richard Wagamese mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago, uh, and he's a BC author, which I, I didn't know he was from BC. I knew he was Canadian, oh. um, but he was, like, talking about, um, like, the, I guess, the environment of where the character was walking, um, mm-hmm. and he just, like, offhandedly mentions the name of the river in Chaco, and I was just like, that's the river I grew up on. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. I know exactly where this is. That's great, um, and I was just, like, was so thrown. Isn't it so strange? I think, like, there's a big separation, especially when you're reading, like, a lot of, like, horror or, like, you mm-hmm. know, YA. You're like, oh, yeah, it's, like, one of, like, three places. It's a small, obscure town. It's yeah. New York. It's, like, it's one of the... Or Maine, if it's Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's super interesting because you don't read a lot about, like, the Canadian landscape unless it's, like, yeah. a literary thing, I feel like. Because yeah. I've been reading, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I was reading um, Natalie Tan's book of Luck and Fortune by Rosalie Lim, who's Canadian. She's an Asian Canadian author. Mm-hmm. And it's still set in San Francisco. So it's like, it's almost like you can get like a checklist of like, it, it's a Canadian author, but it's still written somewhere else. Yeah. Like, find like a modern, like contemporary read that's like set here. I can't really think of one other than like, um, I forget his last name, but there's like one called Cataract City, and I think it's by I'm gonna botch it. I should really. It's hard to think of the name anymore, but it's set in like Niagara Falls, like on okay. the border between like America and Canada. Right. It talks about like a lot of like interesting dynamics that would go on there, but um, yeah. So it's just it's hard to find a contemporary read with that setting. I feel like. Yeah, and like one that's like not heavy. Yeah, everything set here is so dark. Like, oh. I'm like, we're supposed to be the happier like place. <laughs> like, what's going on? But yeah. yeah, the the cataract city thing that we we're talking about, like, it's talking about like drug running between the borders. It's talking about like how like difficult it is for like indigenous communities there. How difficult it is to find jobs there. I'm like, this is super sad. Like, I had to read it for a North American studies class, but it's like Great. literary fiction. And, and his latest book was um the London Public Library's, like, Book of the Year. Um, I don't know if you saw those advertisements while you were there, Cleo, but I don't know. It was, like, City I, of... I feel like I did. I just can't name the book. I, I don't know. City of Ghosts, maybe? I don't... Sure. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, why not? We'll go with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like, other than that, I'm, like... Here's my big question that I know I've already asked you before in our conversations, but I know we all like to talk about it. Cleo, as a bookseller, I need you to tell me, are millennials killing bookstores? So, no. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials are not killing bookstores, especially if you, like, actually consider and think about the fact that the oldest millennials are, like, 40, 50, like, 
they're older than what people consider millennials to be. The like stereotypical millennial is actually Gen Z. Yeah. Um, and like they're probably not. Even... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know a lot of Gen Zers, so that's I don't know. Um, the millennials aren't. There were so many people who came into the bookstore who were like between I don't know eighteen and to like 45 whatever the millennial age is um who like came in and walked out with books because they didn't want to read on tablets they didn't want to read on their computer and like maybe didn't have access to the library or if they did they couldn't get the book they wanted at the library so no (laughs) I love that because I think you touch on an important point of like we did like uh like a just a simple hands-up survey of like a class of 50 And like in library school, our program is really cool because yes, there's a lot of people who like just came out of like undergrad, but there's also like a good deal of like mature students. Yeah. We really confront a lot of like stereotypes of like young people only want to be in the library for like the makerspace and Wi-Fi. And everyone's like, no, like that's not it. And it's really interesting because he did like a survey of like, well, how many of you prefer reading on like actual physical books and like everyone raised their hands except for like two of our students who are like maybe in their 50s and they were like well we just like tablets because we can like zoom in and like the font is bigger and then he was like okay that's a really good point for accessibility because yeah it's true like sometimes you can't get the large print in the library because they get really popular and they get signed out a lot yeah yeah especially if like there's a title that is only in large print people who don't need large print will still go in and take that book yeah yeah. And like it's one, it's so much easier on the eyes. Like I've started taking out ebooks because due to COVID, like our library is shut down. Right. And um I'm avoiding my to be read pile, obviously. And so um Same. I have a whole shelf. It is what it fine. is. <laughs> Everything's fine. So I like started taking out some ebooks, which I don't like to do because I don't like ebooks. I'll listen to audiobooks, but I don't really like ebooks. So I started taking them out. And because I've been reading late at night, I've, like, upped the font size. It's amazing. And then I, like, adjusted the light behind so it's, like, night. The dark sh- mode? Yeah. yeah. The dark mode? Oh, my God. It was great. And then afterwards, I, like, I picked up my phone to answer a text. And the phone looks so tiny. And I was, like, like, I just went to the optometrist a couple months ago. And he was, yeah. like, your eyesight is basically as good as it can get other than your night vision. So if I'm feeling like this, I can only imagine how, like, tiring it would be to stare at, like, because some fonts are not cute. Like, they're not. No. They're a pain. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's a good point. Because, like, I do feel like young people prefer to read, like, paper. Mostly from who I've talked to anyway. Because, like, we're all staring at lecture notes and, like, readings online all the time. Mm-hmm. To have a break. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, thank you for clearing that up. books, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Even with readings in school, I preferred to print them off and actually have a physical copy of it other than just read it off my laptop. I found it a lot more productive. I feel like I couldn't focus if it was like a laptop reading at all. I would be like, yeah, I'll get to this. I'll get to this tomorrow. And I just, it sucked. And I hated yeah. the function. It never worked. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'll, I like, I'm fine reading things on screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'll take so many notes if I'm like doing it for a lecture. Yeah. Um, because that way I'll like actually have to like focus on what I'm saying focus on what I'm reading yeah yeah that's so true because it's like when you're reading there you get like the text notifications you get like the Facebook notifications and you're like can everybody calm down like I'm trying to figure out what Foucault is saying it's really hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
let me live. I don't know. Um, Okay. So other than that, I'm like thinking, is a bookstore almost like, you know how like on Cheers, they have like regulars? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know how like, like Central Perk has like that couch. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Like bookstore regulars. Yes. great were they awful tell me about it um so definitely both (laughs) um there's this one uh there's this one customer who like would come in every this is one of the good ones um who would come in like every weekend and we had a stack of like five dollar books at the front of the store because we'd like we just had so many of them so many james patterson ones so many clive custer ones um (laughs) james patterson so many we have so many um but she would come in mm-hmm. and just like get a stack of books and spend like between 50 and 75 bucks on books this is also when all of her pocketbooks were a dollar wow um yeah she would like buy as many as she could carry like when she was walking home in one of those canvas rolly bags oh yeah and be back the next weekend and every every time she was like oh I'm just gonna leave these here for a minute while I browse I was like oh, yeah okay that's fine and then she would come back like seven more and she was like my son he really doesn't think I should be buying as many books but you know they're just so fun I was like but yes that's nice she just buy them to have them yeah I don't I feel like she read a lot of them um but honestly they weren't in my store anymore so I didn't care um yeah and I mean we were right downtown uh Victoria so there were obviously some weirdos who came in um but most of the regulars were good that's good yeah I think every downtown has a couple of those I yeah I know like my favorite bookstore is downtown um a second look I think Austin you've been there maybe and <laughs> we have like a couple of characters who I love who have been there since I've been I don't know. They've been there forever. And there's this one guy who walks around like with a long jacket, like a piratey jacket. And he has a, like a parrot on his shoulder. So he actually is a pirate. I mean, we also have an Elvis character who goes around KW, like fully dressed up as Elvis. He's lovely. And he changes like his suit every once in a while. So once in a while he'll be like the Elvis with a white outfit and then he'll be the Elvis with the blue outfit. So he's really great too. He's usually outside our public library too, now that I think about it. But yeah, it's just it's it's great. Like I think the downtown is important. It's always like a really good, a good time. Yeah. No matter what town you're in, usually. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> usually, kind of a good time, mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. This is like this is in my notes. I was like, "Are you like a book bartender? Do you feel like you really communicate?" <laughs> That was something like, to put on a resume. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, I should. Um, I, well, I feel like that more now that I'm not working at the bookstore, only because the bookstore, um, like the people who came in were either coming to browse or they were looking for something very specific. And if we didn't have it, we didn't have it. Um, not a lot of people came in looking for suggestions. And if they did, our store probably didn't have them. Mm-hmm. because it was just kind of like an overflow warehouse um but like now because I've worked there and I like know about so many books if someone comes to me and it's just like oh I want 
you know, this list of things. I can be like, how about this one? Nice. Yeah. I love it when that happens. That's so yeah. great. This I want not- a question to bounce off of that one. That's something that's I've I've always wondered about. When people come in and just browse, do booksellers find that annoying or endearing? <laughs> because I feel like every time I go into a small bookstore, I have to buy something. So I don't, I'll just feel guilty if I don't. Um, this The store I worked at didn't make a lot of money on a good day. So, like, it was fine. Um, again, we were really just there as, like, a warehouse. The fact that people came in and, like, sometimes bought things was great. Um, yeah, so, like, it was endearing until they took a big stack of books off the shelves and didn't put them back. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Or just like left them in the middle of the floor. It was a very small space and we tripped over a lot of things. So mostly endearing. That's like a strong customer service vibe though. Like I, I sympathize. Yeah. When people take things out of the library and they're not like checking them out, I'm like, cool. Did you, did you put it on a cart or did you just leave it on the floor by the chair again? Yeah, or, like, put it in a random section. That's that's the word. I'd rather yeah. they put it on the floor at that point. <laughs> right? Like, oh. then I can at least put it where it's supposed to go instead of trying to find, like, a nature biography or memoir or something okay. in, like, community development. If what I happened? Feel... <laughs> what? If I feel this way towards, like, labeled library books, I can only imagine how you feel with, like, just plain books. <laughs> That would be, like, my, like, hell. I don't know. This is, like, a PSA. If you're in a library and you're, like, looking at books, don't feel bad about it, but just, like, don't try to shelve them because you, you probably, it's okay. You can probably just leave it on a cart. Unless you're, like, you, you're confident in your Dewey Decimal or LCC fluency. That's... I'm not, so. <laughs> I, I only know enough of the Dewey to, like, get to, like, the books that I need. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know where the craft section is. I know where the travel section is. I know where, like, the mysteries are. That's fine. <laughs> That's all I need. Um, that was, like, one of our first introductory, like, get-to-know-you exercises in one of our classes. Like, we were supposed to look through the big Dewey Decimal catalog, and we are supposed to find, like, the code of, like, the section that we normally go to. And I was, like, just flipping through the pages for a very long time. <laughs> not understanding like where I was that was like my am I supposed to be in library school moment where I was like wait a second I don't know if this is what I signed up for but that's fair I probably would have had an existential crisis if I was in that class too oh it was yeah it's over though and the rest of it is really good so yeah fine we made it we did we say it's like we still have like two terms left (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) at least well yeah yeah Okay. Um, oh, another question. Yes. It's kind of like a bridge question because right now we're in the section of, hey, Cleo, you're a big reader. What does this mean? But the next section is, Cleo, you're a big traveler. So this is like my bridge question. Okay. Which is, how do you feel about like online shopping for books versus physical shopping for books? Do you think one is better? Um, n- no, I definitely pers- prefer physical shopping for books because I like being in bookstores and I like seeing what's there especially like used bookstores because there are going to be things that I like didn't know about or didn't think to pick up um but like especially now during the pandemic I'm doing lots of online uh book shopping uh especially because I have a Kobo um so 
I one is not superior. Mm-hmm. It's just for your preference. I think that's a good point that it's very like handy when you can't go in or like when things get busy because sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It I do like being in the bookstore better. Mm-hmm. So like it's just so convenient because before like I was I was driving like I live in the middle of nowhere not really like I'm in like the outskirts Austin has been there it's like a super weird part of town like you're you're walking down the street and half of it is like suburbs and half of it is like cornfields with coyotes as far as you can see like it doesn't really make sense it's just sure. what it, but now you can also see a close sure. from it so wow what does it all mean I don't know um so back then I was like I mean in high school it was like it would take me like 45 minutes to like mosey my way up to the bus stop because it hadn't been built out far enough yet mm-hmm. I'd be like walking out there and then like I'd finally take the bus for 40 minutes and then I'd get to the mall and then I'd be like I still have like four hours of homework it's not even worth it to go out so right. I would just online shop a lot and I think that's like a big thing too that people aren't thinking about like like yes the library does the best that it can but sometimes it can still be far for people and sometimes it doesn't have everything that you want yeah so, I don't know I just Online versus physical is interesting. I don't know, Austin, have you been doing any physical or, well, I guess not physical, but. I also prefer doing the physical. I usually do the online if it's a book that I'm like having a lot of trouble finding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to stick to physical ones. I make it like a, like a quest almost to find a whole series just through used bookstores or something. Yeah. Nice. I like, that's a good point. That's really cool that you're doing that with that one. I did that once and it took me like so long but I was like really like satisfied when I finally put them all together I was like we did it (laughs) (laughs) I didn't talk about this in the first our first episode but I remember I got this uh this historical fiction book it's called Antony and Cleopatra I got that from the old Waterloo and it's like wow that looks really interesting I'm gonna buy it so I got it and I got home and looked it up realized it's number seven in the whole series so that's my main thing now is trying to go back and find each one in used bookstores yeah. I think there's only one it's only defined. Oh my God. That's like, that's so painful when that happens to me because it usually does happen that you find like the middle of the series in the bookstore and you're like, well, yeah. what happened to the rest of you? Like, why did they abandon you by yourself? You have siblings. Just I always find yeah. the same movies in the series in every bookstore that I go to that I have already. Oh my gosh. That's me with like, um, you know, you remember like um, the girl with the dragon tattoo? Uh. Yeah. I bought, like, the, the third one at a thrift store because I was like, oh, everyone's talking about this. And I thought that was the first one. So then I bought it and I read it and I was like, this is really good. And then I was, like, trying to find the originals, but I didn't want to buy them at Chapters for at the time. I don't know why. But, yeah, so it took me a while, but I was satisfied. It was good. But I could find the first. No, I could find the, the second two everywhere, but I couldn't find the first one. And I was like, normally that's the opposite problem. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, Cleo, you're a traveler. I am. Let's go. Okay. What is your transport philosophy? Because I'm very interested because you are transporting books. Yes. Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good start to it. I like that. What did you mean? Something else by my transport philosophy? That's what I meant. I was like, I kind of want to hear what you're packing, also, but mostly packing your books. Oh, like you okay. select what goes and comes with you and how do you select like you know what I mean yeah um so I take my e-reader everywhere I go um because it's tiny and I have so many books I haven't read on it 
Um, the panic <laughs> the in <laughs> Well, because there are just so many good deals on Kobo where it's like $2.99 for a book and I'm really bad about buying them without reading them. Um, anyway, so that always comes with me. Um, and like now, I, when I go to used bookstores, I try to find books that I would like be okay with leaving somewhere. Mm. Um, so that's mostly what I do. Uh, I'll like pack a couple in my suitcase depending on where I'm going and for how long I'm going, which is why I always bring my Kobo. Um, but then I'll have some in my carry-on, uh, depending on what I want to read. Um, I also have the worst travel luck. Like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I will never get anywhere on time. Um, I'm usually stranded somewhere. Uh, flights have been canceled. Luggage has been lost. Anyway, so I, like, pack at least three or four books in my carry-on, um, plus my Kobo, um, because like a flight will get canceled or I'll be stuck somewhere and I like just don't want to spend the money while I'm sitting in an airport or it'll be like 2 a.m and I can't buy a book yeah um yeah so I am always well prepared when traveling um and then like when it comes to like actually bringing books that I want to keep with Mm -hmm. me um Again, that also, like that depends on where I'm going and for how long I'm going. When I moved to London for uh, the beginning of this program, I didn't bring like any books with me. I kept them all uh, in my parents' shed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a book box subscription, so like I got that when I was in London, um, and I brought those books with me. Uh, I went to an author signing, and I like kept those books. So like I'll keep books that have meaning to me. Mm-hmm. But if it's just, like, a book that I really enjoyed, then I, like, don't necessarily need to keep it. Fair. Yeah. I feel like we should have this whole, like, segment on airport books. Because <laughs> I'm always, like, not not unsatisfied, but there's always something about the exchange where I'm, like, I'm paying $25 for this book that would definitely be, like, 15 to 17 somewhere else. Yeah. But because I need a book but also yeah, yeah. I feel mildly like swindled but then I'm always like pleasantly surprised and I always really enjoy, really enjoy it but I don't know um what else is gonna ask you about this do you have book buying rules abroad which I guess you kind of just said like you don't buy anything that you wouldn't want to leave yeah um and that, that like definitely started when I was um doing my year abroad for school uh I went to Wales during my bachelor's degree um and, like, discovered charity shops and, like... Wouldn't that be so difficult to resist? Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) (sighs) Anytime I'm, like, I'm away. Like, after high school, I went to Paris, and I went to Shakespeare and Company. Yeah. Which is, like, every, like, book nerd's, like, dream. It's so, it's so ridiculously, like tempting it's like it's oh like yeah yeah like a steak in front of someone who hasn't had meat in like 10 years who isn't like That's vegan by choice they yeah. Would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was amazing and it's like it's an incredible story like you should definitely all look it up in your own time if you don't know about it but like a bunch of expats in France would go to this bookstore and they would like it, it has like a bunch of stuff it's really cool I'm not doing it justice this is like a, a Twitter bio of like a very important thing but right. <laughs> it's, amazing. it's an incredible store like they have like a bunch of books in different languages and they it's also like, 
right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, the whole time I was there, my mom was like, okay, we got to go. And I was like, mm-mm, no. not now. I can't go now. And um, they have, like, this thing where it's, like, the tumbleweed program. So, like, if you're in, like, Europe and you need a place to stay, you can stay there as long as you, like, work for a few hours and read one book a day. And, like, you can apply to be in this program. And it's, like, it's super cool. I'm, like, this is amazing. I just feel like bookstores. I want to do that. Right? Bookstores are amazing. And it's, like, there's so many cool ones. I don't know how you resisted in Wales because I feel like they would be really good. Like, yeah. Really good. Really good ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I was in Wales, I also did a lot of traveling. Um, so, I actually went to Paris and went to Shakespeare and Co. And, like, knew I had to get a book. Yeah. And, like forced myself to only buy one I ended up getting a copy of Macbeth by Shakespeare because like I wanted the, the stamp mm-hmm. um it's fine I could out book nerd all of you <laughs> <laughs> um but there were just so many yeah. um but like I know that 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 is a book that I'm never going to get rid of like one because it's my favorite Shakespeare play but also because it's from Shakespeare and Co mm-hmm. that's so. such a point yeah. I remember I got the tenant of Wildfell Hall and I had Northanger Abbey mm-hmm and everyone knows that I think Anne Bronte was, she was unfairly treated. <laughs> she was way better than Emily. Anyone can fight me on that, but I'm not trying to start not fights. Going to. <laughs> it's clear to us, but I don't know. Um, okay, here's my question too. So what are your reading habits while you're away? Like, do you feel like you read more or less? Okay, what do you mean by away? Like, like you're like like I guess you've been in like two provinces and a different country for your school, undergraduate. Yeah. <laughs> so like while you're here or there I guess because now you're home. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like there's anything different other than like do you feel like you read more digital books or do you feel like you're still like picking up physicals while you're away? Do you read more? Do you read less cuz you're like traveling everywhere? Um Honestly, I think the year I was in Wales was, like, when I, like, started reading more. Like, it obviously escalated with my last year of school. Um, But, I like, I was reading more because I was traveling so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, the wonderful thing about Europe and the UK is that there are trains. Um, I wish Canada had trains. Um, But, like, trains were a little bit more expensive. Um, But I would be, like, I was able to get from Wales to uh, Glasgow to see my sister, um, in like seven hours as opposed to traveling to get to an airport to like sit in the airport to take like a two-hour flight to like take transit to get to my sister so like they made more sense for Mm me um also I didn't have to like pay bag baggage fee oh yeah (laughs) uh yeah so I think I like I definitely read more when I'm traveling and if I'm on vacation and like not doing anything I read more mm-hmm. um especially if I'm like sitting on the beach we went to Brazil when I was in high school um and like I only had my Kobo with me and mm-hmm. I like stocked it full of books um but I we were there for 14 days and I think I read like 12 books because we went to the beach every single day right and like yeah. sat there for seven hours <laughs> <laughs> okay that's fair yeah you would get a lot done yeah yeah oh that's great okay well my last couple things are I have some notes here and it says ask Cleo about the snake room question mark from your book (laughs) 
Yeah, okay, so that, that was at the bookstore. Um, so the store's name was actually Books on View, so I can just stop calling it Russell Books Secondary Location. Um, so this room um, was where we put the books that, like, were still good enough to sell, but we didn't really have anywhere else to put them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they maybe weren't in the best condition, or maybe we had, you know, a million copies, and these ones were just, like overflow of the overstock we had mm-hmm. um but the way it worked was that we would all of them were numbered mm-hmm. um I started at zero and I think by the time I left we were at I think one of the last numbers I put in was like 228.35 or something oh my gosh. so it had been going for a few years yeah um, when I started we were at 195 or something okay um but in order to put more books in, we had to take books out and delete them from the system. So oh. it just kept going. Oh. Which is why I called it the snake room, because it's like a snake eating its tail. Like an <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. Wow. It was, I... like, the most complicated part of that store, because, like, people... This, this room was, like, fully listed online, so people would come over from the main store looking for a book that was in there but people from the main store didn't necessarily know how it worked because the um the SKUs were different mm. um so people would write down the SKUs wrong so oh. we had to double check everything if we couldn't <laughs> find it um yeah so it was like the most complicated part of that store but yeah. it was a an interesting experience that was being something else for snake room <laughs> <laughs> it's not just full of snakes i promise <laughs> <laughs> like did someone find something while they were shelving or is everybody no. okay that's good the suspense yeah. is heightened um yeah I think that's it thank you so much for coming to talk to us yeah this was so really? fun it was so nice to have like an insider knowledge about everything sure yes what <laughs> are magical gatekeepers for the book community i feel like i will accept that title <laughs> that and the book bartender yes, yes. there we yeah. go all right well people can find you at cleo harper on book on goodreads right yep perfect and yeah well thanks so much that was great yeah. thanks hey bye, bye.